Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. Oh, yes. My name's Chris Lambert. Oh, interesting. Uh, my name is Travis. I don't know if I want to get out my last name. I don't want people to be able to find me. Just in case the event should ever uh, occur, the day should ever come that you need to maybe say disappear, vanish, be gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll just, here, I'll give you a hint. It starts with a B. And today we are going to talk about the epic Kanye song. And I will say it's probably, I would say a lot of people's absolute favorite Kanye song. Gone. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I feel like we overlooked this for a long time too. I would say I continued to overlook it until like pretty recently. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's no secret. I think you and I like have a few opinions on Kanye's music that like don't line up with the mainstream or like with the Kanye <laughs> crowd. And for right. me, for a while, I think Gone was one of those. I I, I think I just in, in general have trouble with longer Kanye songs. Like I think just naturally with me and music, like the way I am with music and the kind of music I grew up listening to, like I really appreciate a more succinct, efficient song. And Connie has so many that work so well in so much less time. Um, so, like, I think on late registration, I was always kind of, like, iffy on Gone and We Major. But this time around, when we've gone through late registration for the second time and really, really honed in on what the album's doing, like, this, a song like this, like, really hits. So, at this point, I, I, I mean, every song of late registration is pretty incredible, but this one's now near it's at least in the upper half of my favorites. Yeah. I, uh, I remember a couple years back, I've always been into like epics yeah, of in course. general, whether it's like books, movies, <laughs> like TV shows, songs, especially Kanye songs. Uh, but this was one that I don't know why, uh, there was just something about, I guess just narratively, right. With how much, as you said, our, our opinions, depend often on like thematic and narrative reasoning mm -hmm. uh, on top of just do we enjoy the song and like the song i was getting so much more out of the albums that i perceived to be more narrative and thematic where we didn't feel quite that late registration had that same degree going on and as you said that's made a huge difference for you going through the second time but i just remember 
I think it was two years ago, I was on an airplane. Remember when that was just the thing people did? <laughs> and, <laughs> and this song came on and I listened to it like on repeat for an hour. Just <laughs> hearing like it felt like the first time truly listening to it, which is always a great moment yeah. to have when a song just like clicks like that. Happened uh, a year or two before that with the glory. Me just sitting at a, a car wash and the glory clicking and being like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I but... love when that happens. Like, there's always like that's the one of the best parts of music is when you talk about music, you aren't just talking about like the notes and the lyrics. Like, it's a reflection of yourself. And moments like that where you remember a song and you remember a time and place so specifically, like, that shit's special. Like, that's when you form that kind of connection with the song. Yeah. And getting to the point with it even if you've been listening to an album for years right yeah i know to where you finally have that like click occur it's so nice and to have that happen with gone it's just been one of my uh favorite kanye songs ever since and especially you know the thing everybody freaks out about and that we'll get into in detail is that last kanye verse uh where you're just like the song has to be done right Mm-hmm. You know, the show the show's just getting started <laughs> and it is a show it is one hell of a show to end this album yeah and what a closer right because when looking at the college dropout you end on such a high note with last call it's it's truly like the celebration uh of the college dropout yeah. and you see that he starts off in his normal place in chicago just like hoping he gets his chance and then you get that second act where he's in the music industry, but kind of compromising his vision, doing what he thinks he has to do to get an audience or to make it before he's reinvigorated with the school spirit and saying, you know what, I'm not going to do <laughs> what the industry wants me to do. I'm going to do what I do and let that be what fuels me, the fire that like drives me and takes me to new heights, which gets him to last call and gets like his deal and his success and to follow that up with late registration and not just have it be bragging, but him reflecting on the fact that my life is very different now. And where did I come from? Where am I going? And is what lies ahead truly better than what's behind me and him really reflecting on fame and being aware in ways that are kind of surprising of the pitfalls of fame but yet not able to avoid those pitfalls uh in future not just albums but in like the future of his life like you hear a song like addiction in 2005 and go oh he gets it but then see (laughs) where kanye went to for the next like eight years and you're just like well at least he was self-aware enough even if it didn't stop him from falling prey to these vices right yeah. um there's so much loaded on this album in terms of like the gray area of fame and you get those like brighter spots you get those darker spots and it seems to culminate in a good place especially coming after that like middle act right which mm-hmm. feels very heavy that stretch from drive slow to crack music roses bring me down in addiction there's a lot of ego there's a lot of frustration there's a lot of a sense of danger in fame uh that drive slow really sets up and that the album kind of keeps coming back to with the motif of cars and uh 
backstory and just past compared to presence. Mm -hmm. But then you have Diamonds from Sierra Leone and We Major, which are Kanye kind of taking responsibility and positioning himself as a leader in the industry and as somebody that's going to help others and do the right thing and really progress not just himself, but the people around him. And you come off of that declaration with Hey Mama and Celebration, which just feels very much in line with the trajectory that we saw on the college dropout. Like, oh, we're ending on a high note, but then you get gone, which is like, yeah, that gray area really comes to the forefront and becomes the climax of the album and the final taste that you have on this album. The like taste that lingers on the tongue is this like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, uh, I mean, the, I feel like the keyword you said and all that was reflection. Like that's kind of the beauty of this album is we've shifted from college dropout, which honestly owns a very similar structure and storyline that we, Kanye, but, but the difference in college dropout is Kanye's envisioning all of this. He's, he's not a major star yet. He's thinking about all the success he's going to have in the trivial places his music's going to go and the dark places the ego is going to take him all before he rises out of it and remembers, you know, how important family is and all that. Like he envisions all that happening to him. And here at labor registration, like we kind of see him going through those motions. Um, and you have that middle part of the album from drive slow to addiction, where he is experiencing all that, as you said, and like overcoming his ego eventually and realizing how important his family is to him. But the, the key difference is it doesn't end with celebration like College Dropout does. It ends with Gone. Last Call is such a celebratory song. Like, it's him reflecting on everything, saying, like, I did it. Like, I did all these things. And I overcame everything. And, like, here I am ready to embark on my career. And he's so excited about fame and celebrity and stardom. But that's just it he hasn't experienced fame celebrity or stardom yet he's just <laughs> thinking about it and then that's why gone is the last sound of late registration because that really isn't kanye like kanye's you think about how just rebellious he is and how he denounces like you know fitting into any sort of group think like uh conforming to any sort of identity like he is Kanye West and he's always going to be Kanye West and there's no more Kanye West song than Gone which is instead of College Dropout which is just like him opening up his arm opening up his arms to celebrity ready to become part of the world Gone is him rejecting it saying like this isn't for me like you can't control me I'm going to do what I'm going to do in the music industry and change everything and that's what makes Gone such a an essential Kanye West song and why so many people latch onto it because I mean, it's just, it's him. It's, it's Kanye in a nutshell. It's, it's all his energy throughout. That made me think about the difference between expectation and reality, right? Which is kind of the summation of what you're saying. The, the divide is between these albums in that Kanye is, as you said, thinking about fame versus now I've experienced it and here are some of my my feedback on it yeah. and thoughts on it. It makes me think, and I end up comparing Kanye and Kendrick a lot because I think they're the two best at narrative concepts, but you look at the arc of To Pimp a Butterfly and Kendrick tells in very broad strokes, but still gets kind of the whole journey in, 
his growth or a dramatization of his growth from just a kid in Compton to a budding rapper to successful rapper to someone broken by their success to figuring out, okay, I'm in this position. What do I need to do to actually get something out of it and to feel good about it? And the album ends with him realizing that he's the leader now and he needs to step up and take that torch and be the next in line in terms, not even the next in line. He needs to be the one leading everybody ahead as somebody Mm -hmm. that's now active in his generation. And that's why the conversation with Tupac is so poignant because Tupac was the leader when Kendrick was growing up and he inspired Kendrick to think a certain way, feel a certain way. But then at the end, Kendrick has a little bit of a, a different thought than Tupac. And it really drives home the fact that you look up to these people, but when you're the one in the position of power, you have to follow your own heart, your own beliefs. And to go from like the start of Wesley's theory, where he's just like, oh, when I get on, I'm going to be great. (laughs) There's such like uh, innocence and bravado there versus the wisdom and wizenness that you have at the end of the album. I feel like college dropouts and late registration are just really like whole albums that are essentially like the first six songs onto Pimp a Butterfly. And instead of getting that like broad story, you get the zoom in that's giving you all the little progressions and essentially like college dropouts, just like Wesley's theory and this dick ain't free kind of thing or free. Right. Um, and then late registration is the, the next little handful of songs is Kendrick starts to realize like, huh? hmm, okay, <laughs> right. there's going to be some drama with fame. But if you're just looking for comparisons between some albums or get perspective on the journey that Kanye's kind of going on, you see Kendrick reflecting on a similar journey uh, on that album, which it just seems to be a really powerful thing that a lot of artists, especially in the music industry, go through and deal with. Um to see it get reflected in some of the biggest works of the last uh, two decades or 21st century hmm. and both be compelling. Yeah. I mean, the relationship you're talking about between Kendrick and Tupac, I mean, they had an actual relationship, but it reminds me of Jay and Kanye and just thinking about where Kanye went, especially after this album, you know, thinking about Big Brother and his and how he became detached, not just from Jay, but from the music industry in general and how alone he felt and how he started down this brand new path that like he really did have to define for himself. He part of his struggle for so long. I mean, in addition to losing his mom, who was this rock and, you know, who raised him to be the way he was like he, he kind of had been following the set path for him for a bit. And then this rejection of fame that we see on gone is like him finding a new way. And that's, that's tough. Like, that's not easy. Like gone really is the start of a long arduous journey. We saw kind of go on. It's, it's such an important song. Yeah. I mean, cause this essentially comes to define the rest of his discography yeah. is the relationship with fame. Um, and not just the relationship with it, but the tension between wanting to be a part of it and wanting to step away from it and gone sets that up and then the college or graduation really like dives into it 808s dives into it my beautiful dark twisted fantasy Jesus, the life of pablo 
all dive into it. It becomes kind of the the thesis of the Kanye discography. Yeah, and just like it, lyrically, yes, but like symbolically, like just what the song is, just production wise, like the fact that it's like a posse cut. Like there's two other random verses from people, and the song that we're saying is like such an important Kanye song. Like, but it also represents like him building that group around him that's gonna like help him succeed like everything about the song just like reeks of that journey he would go on like the new kanye in the making right here yep and reeks in like a great way oh, not like... it smells it reeks fantastically <laughs> right somebody posted that they on twitter that they got the kanye cologne and i was just like what's it what's it smell like <laughs> i didn't even know there was a kanye cologne yeah, they said it was kind of lemony. Mm. Is cologne spelled with a K? <laughs> you would hope. But if it isn't, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I don't think it was. Mm, it's too bad. I don't think it was. Well, so, you know, speaking of everything that we're talking about in terms of like college dropout and Kanye breaking away from what's expected of him and even Kanye getting into fame and kind of turning away from it you see a lot of that uh, emotion or a lot of that tension reflected in uh, Skit 4, mm. which precedes Gone and is the payoff on kind of a, a subplot working throughout this album. And the skits, as we talked about in previous episodes, really divide the acts of this album. So you have Wake Up Mr. West to Gold Digger, which you have heard him say touch the sky and gold digger that kind of set up the past uh present and future and really more of the reflection on some of the dark stuff some of the brighter stuff and then the gray area which gold digger really represents that gray area mm-hmm. um and then you have skip one which introduces broke five broke this fraternity that just really takes pleasure in all of them being broke and what that means to them and is their whole identity revolves around not having anything being broke being kind of passive about the whole ordeal and you get drive slow through addiction um and then you get skit two right so that kind of separates those songs uh with more broke by broke and then diamonds from sierra leone and we major get set off and then you get skit three and then hey mama and celebration get grouped together and then skip four and skip four ends up being the most fittingly of course uh the most uh consequential because as skits one two and three just kind of set up the ideals of broke five broke and kind of give humorous examples right. of the broke five broke mindset this is the first one that actually has uh kind of a, a micro arc or its own story to it and the first one that features kanye yeah we actually get kanye being part of it which i mean you assume that kanye is kind of part of it since it's on the kanye album but it's just been like the broke five broke leader talking to everybody right uh without any other involvement you hear kind of the chorus of people saying like yes we will at times <laughs> uh knowing that there's many voices among them but uh, this is the first one that you get Kanye kind of getting called out by name. I've called this private meeting today because 
there is a imposter among us. There's an imposter among us. This brother right here has been out making beats on the side. Yes, he has. Pretending he's broke walking amongst us. This brother has been eating every day. Can you believe that? Eating every day. Pretending he's with us. He's not one of us. I did not want to believe this, but I walked into the brother Kanye's closet and I found new shoes. I found new shoes. Kanye, would you like to step forward and explain these new shoes? I was crazy. I was my, I didn't, um, I just, just um, I was in. No, you speak up, brother. I just want to stick, I'm trying to stick to my roots and what? I want to stick to my what? You march your new shoes out of here, Kanye. Don't you ever come back in them. Don't you ever come back smelling all good, taking showers and shit like that, all right? We don't appreciate that down here, broke fat bro. What's the next? And uh, we get another great example of Kanye's acting abilities here. <laughs> I just need to see Kanye in a movie. Yep. I, we've talked about it like, many times. Kanye needs to be... I mean, he could easily be the hero in any movie, but his versatility... Like, I think he'd make a great villain in a movie, and Fast and Furious 10 doesn't have a villain yet, as far as I know. Movie hasn't even been written yet. Kanye, he's available. So I'm just putting it out there. Does it take... Wait, Fast Nine's the one that did it come out? That's supposed to come out? Yeah, that's coming out. I don't even know when that's coming out now. It takes place in space. <laughs> Apparently, supposedly, they go to space, but that has not been shown in the trailers yet. It just feels like the movie that Kanye would be a part of. Or yeah. like they go to space and they discover aliens and Kanye's like the leader of the aliens. See, these are all great pitches. <laughs> Hollywood, ring me up. <laughs> uh, so we get the leader coming in. And I think the main thing, just keeping in mind, we know that Kanye in 2018 started talking about monolithic thoughts, right? Which is the idea that people of a certain group, you know, it could be just a group, which Kanye was specifically saying, like, based on race, right? Right. But... It could be a group based on like country, just city, location, your friend circle. Like maybe you grow up in Ohio like me and you're expected to be an Ohio State Buckeyes fan and hate the University of Michigan to the point where if you're like, oh, I don't like college football, people would be like, what? <laughs> but it's, it's the Buckeyes. You're like, oh, Michigan's actually kind of nice. And they're like, what? Fuck you. Uh, you get some, yeah you can get some weird weird looks like i met somebody when i was uh living in australia who was from michigan and i told her i was from ohio and she gave me a look and was like <laughs> oh ohio <laughs> she's like i went to university of michigan and i was just like okay <laughs> i mean i live in chicago and i'm a st louis cardinals fan so i get it all the time yeah you get it. And it can be something as like stupid as that, right? Yeah. Like, oh, you live in New York City and you don't like the Yankees? Like, get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. But it gets into that kind of tribal mentality of if you're part of this group, you need to feel a certain way or think a certain way or buy into way, what we dress buy. A certain yeah. way. <laughs> and if you get away from that, then you're not part of the group. Yeah. And... Kanye really explicitly started talking about monolithic thoughts in 2018, but 
this is kind of the earliest example of that being something that he cared about and something that was on his mind. Mm -hmm. And I think in hindsight, it really makes sense. Uh, and people probably talking about it at the time too, of Kanye being unorthodox for the hip hop world, right? Mm -hmm. uh, pink polos, backpack, as into fashion as he was. It wasn't the way that hip hop artists portrayed themselves. It wasn't the look of hip hop artists. And you can imagine Kanye already feeling like monolithic thought was a bad thing or getting frustrated, frustrated that he might not be taken seriously in this arena because he didn't have the look or he didn't have production that was in line with what was expected from a hip hop album. So he was already going against the grain when it came to what it meant to be in hip hop. So you can really kind of feel that tension in something like this song, but it definitely goes beyond just Kanye and his backstory, but you can imagine why he was caring about such things. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful lead into Gone, which is like, you know, Skit 4 is a reflection of that group think and the pressure to be part of the group think. And Gone is Kanye being Kanye saying, fuck you, you can't tell me how to act. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's very like specific lines about just that at the start of the fifth verse. But uh, getting into the, the lyrics here, you have the leader saying, I've called this private meeting today because there is an imposter among us. There's an imposter among us, which those lines read very differently in a post among us world than uh, they did back in 2005. Wait, uh, are you referring to the genie sanitation? Yeah. Yeah. Just a few months ago, someone changed the annotation of these lines on Genius to reflect the video game Among Us. And everybody's downvoting them being like, what? The song came out in 2005. <laughs> like, it has uh, nothing to do with the game Among Us. This this reveals how little I understand about Genius. Like, I really don't understand how the system works because this annotation was posted a few months ago and is the top annotation despite being universally downloaded or downvoted by everybody like how is this the annotation you see when you click on it i don't get it either well what's weird too is like there's two separate annotations one for the i've called this private meeting today and then the other for there's an imposter among us and the first one's by an account that has 24 like genius iq which you get an iq point every time you like interact with the website or somebody upvotes your suggestion or comment or something. Um, so 24 is not a lot. And they were able to make this whole annotation and get it posted. Where like, I've tried making annotations on songs and they don't get posted ever. Yeah. They never get mod approval or they get deleted by some power user that's just like, no, no. It's not specific enough about the line or it's too contextual and not specific. Like it's either too specific about the line or not specific enough about the line. I've had power users or mods tell me both and I'm just like, it's insane. There's no standards That's here. That's so stupid. Like you let these other annotations through that it's just like a joke reference and that's okay. But mine that was actually pointing to an event is not. And they're like, well, I did approve that one. You know what? I'm just putting it out there. Seth not found. You're on watch. You're on notice yep. from the Washington Throne crew. 
Oh, but the next one is by Terrell Turner, and that guy, your person, has 10,000 Genius IQ. Like, and they put it in Among Us, like, crewmate meme. It's not even text. It's just a photo of the Among Us, like, characters. You don't need uh, genius. You just need us. Everybody uh, remember that. It's frustrating. <laughs> frustrating, yeah. Uh, but there's an imposter Among Us. This brother right here has been out making beats on the side. Yes, he has. Oh, no. <laughs> Pretending he's broke walking amongst us. This brother has been eating every day. Can you believe that? Eating every day. Which is like, what a dramatic thing to accuse someone of. Yeah, how dare you? Pretending he's with us. He's not one of us. I did not want to believe this, but I walked into the brother Kanye's closet and I found new shoes. I found new shoes. <laughs> Kanye, would you like to step forward and explain these new shoes? So really, you see Kanye's getting accused of... Uh, what making beats eating and <laughs> <laughs> buying shoes which uh-huh. you know the beats and the shoes thing feel pretty meta in terms of like things that kanye would be accused of uh like oh you bought those shoes like mm, you're not real hip-hop right or like you're making these kind of beats nah but it's not here. even like a specific kind of shoe it's the fact that he bought new shoes like no Connie you're supposed to be broke this is broke five broke and uh, it, we've talked a lot about what broke five broke represents and I think you could go down a lot of avenues like the kind of social or political commentary he's making about what this group is but I think the, I mean the beauty of Connie is like it never is one thing it's like so many ideas like meshed into one and, and I think that's what this is like as you alluded to it's it's groupthink it's this idea that you're not allowed to be more than what you are. And Kanye soundly rejects that. Like that is not Kanye's way. Like he, his whole mission is to empower people to believe they're way more than they are, what they're told they ever could be. And buying new shoes does that. So be it. If eating a meal does that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. These are just the things that I'm going to do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, and then Kanye stammers defending himself. I was you crazy. I wasn't, I didn't just feeling the pressure. And the leader says, no, you speak mm-hmm. up brother. And Kanye's like, I was going to stick. I'm trying to stick to my roots. And I think this ends up being one of the most interesting lines on the album. And if you're somebody getting into like theme and academic deconstruction of a work, this line becomes a really important and has just so much context around it because the leader says what and Kanye says I want to stick to my roots and you can go a lot of places with that is it I want to stick to my roots and that's why I'm buying new shoes and why I'm eating and why I'm making beats on the side or is it I want to stick to my roots and that's why despite not being broke 
I'm staying part of broke by broke because this is kind of where I came from, even though my circumstances are different now. And either way has a lot of considerations to it and a lot of insight you can take away from it, especially when it means that Kanye is getting kicked out of the group. And does he not belong here? Does he belong here? These are all kind of ideas that you can wrestle with and dig into and uh, discuss. Uh, yeah, but we're not going to. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, the I, I think the first thing that I see when he says stick to my roots, because that was always a line that before this this analysis we've done of late registration, we've really come to understand the album. Like that was always a line. Like I didn't really get, and honestly didn't think it, it meant much. Like it was just like a, another dumb skit on a early Connie album that didn't really amount to anything. But this time around, like it makes sense to me. Like when he says, I'm trying to stick to my roots, he's tying that to like, well, I, I bought new shoes and I ate food and I, I'm being the way I am because I'm sticking to my roots. And when I think about the songs, you know, that would represent his roots on this album, they would be songs about his family, which would be like Roses, where, you know, your family empowers you and you have something to care about, to Hey Mama, this woman who raised him to believe in himself, to Drive Slow, where like, yeah, you do wear cool shoes and like pimp out your car because like it's empowering to do that around your friends and and to create this image of yourself that is more than you were told you could ever be like those are Kanye's roots. His roots are like believing in himself. And, and that's the meaning I attach to this when he says this and this leader's re, uh, rejection of that saying like, no, you're not allowed to do that. That's just groupthink. Like that's all Kanye's commenting on. Like the groupthink tries to persuade Kanye to not be true to his roots, to not believe in himself, to just be another face in the crowd. And Kanye can't do that. I really like that. And, uh, the way that I feel like I'm leaning on it, if you're going the other way that him sticking to his roots is being part of Broke Fi Broke mm-hmm. and not the the shoes and the other thing, it relates back to things that he talks about on Heard Him Say uh, or on sure. or Touch the Sky where he's reflecting on, and Hey Mama as well, where he's reflecting on before you have all this money, before you have fame, and you're just trying to get by and you just have the people around you, you have your friends, you have your family and you don't really have the opportunity to do much else. Like skit three is talking about like your mom dressing up as the Christmas tree, right? Cause you can't right. afford a Christmas tree and there aren't really presents. And that proceeds kind of reflecting on everything that his mom did for him before they had all the stuff they have now. So it's like Kanye doesn't want to leave this fraternity behind. He doesn't want to leave people like this behind and grow distance from Mm -hmm. this mindset of what he used to have or what he used to not have because he has money and fame now. And wanting to stay attached to that and wanting to stay part of that group also feels a little prescient when you get to the next album of graduation where he talks about this growing distance between him and Chicago and really getting away from Chicago. So you see that that becomes 
more on his mind and then by 808s and heartbreak he's like completely isolated yeah so you go from him being like the guy with songs like we don't care and all falls down and jesus walks that are so rooted in south side chicago to having less south side chicago in this album to then know south side chicago in graduation 808s well you have homecoming but uh none by the time you get to 808s so you can also look at it in that way and how that applies to Kanye just wanting to stay part of the group but his career taking him away from it yeah and homecoming is just yeah he does return home but it's about how he's no longer connected to home yeah like you can't come home again sorry Kanye yeah shit yeah so skip four ends up being pretty fantastic yeah and there's there's one more line right yeah you have the the leader coming in being like you march your new shoes out of here kanye don't you ever come back in them don't you ever come back smelling all good taking showers and shit like that it's like no he's getting line. yeah called out for taking showers we don't appreciate that down here broke by broke <laughs> what's next and that's what next is cool just in terms of like is it the next on the agenda for broke five broke now that they've dismissed kanye is it what's next for kanye now that he's no longer part of broke five broke you get that little bit of duality or multiple interpretations that kanye is so good at and what is next is gone yeah baby it's only taken us 30 minutes to get here (laughs) a pretty short preamble for us this time around (laughs) So gone. Uh, we have a few samples. Just a couple. On. Just a couple. Um, you get one that you can't really read much into, uh, which is that instrumental that I didn't even bother keeping the name of the album up. I don't even know which one you're talking about. It was the drums. Oh, is that from? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. What? What? What's that song again? That's what I'm saying. Oh, you don't even have it. Yeah. Uh, who sampled? The drums are important. They're an important part of the song. Yeah, but there's not much to really discuss. Upon This Rock by Joe Farrell. Oh, from yeah. The Joe Farrell album. Yeah, but it's just like a whole instrumental album, or the song that it's sampling is just all instrumental. So for our purposes, there's not much that you can really take away right. unless you're going to try reading into the song name of Upon This Rock and how that applies to Gone. I mean, I'm sure Which... Cole would have something to say, but we don't have much. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. But... uh we do have something to say about the Otis Redding sample. Mm-hmm. It's too late. I told her who she was, my only one. But it's too late. It's too late. She's gone. It's too late. She's gone now. I know she's gone now. It's too late. Hey, 
so in More narratives, preamble. yeah, in narratives, usually there's connection between the the beginning and the end, at least in like ones that are operating on a higher level, right? But even you look at something that's like made for kids, like, oh, say The Lion King, uh, you start with the circle of life and you end with the circle of life. And it gives it that sense of resonance coming around that makes you feel like you got a satisfying beginning and conclusion. Or even something like The Land Before Time, where the dinosaurs are in a stable, happy place. Then uh, famine comes and there's all this disaster. There's an earthquake and they're struggling to get to the next world that's this paradise that's going to be great and they end in a place of stability so you end up feeling like you came full circle or so, like showgirls nomi shows up to be the best dancer in las vegas and leaves the star of uh what's that show called i don't know she leaves the star though does she yeah absolutely oh that's good i still need to watch that absolutely you do yeah man or uh fight club you know you yeah. uh you I'm surprised you didn't say Lion King. <laughs> I did say Lion King was the first thing I said. Oh, okay. JK. <laughs> You're running <laughs> through a lot, a lot of movies here. You're throwing a lot at me. I know. Uh, Fight Club, you start inside Edward Norton's brain as the title credits go. And then at the end, you get this. It's very cramped and contained. And then at the end, you have these buildings coming down. You have this clear skyline in your outside of Edward Norton's head. And you just get this difference between like being in the internal space of his brain versus being outside of it and having a clear sky. And the two just have very visually distinct and contrasting uh, elements to them that really take you from Edward Norton being very much stuck in his own head to feeling a sense of freedom by the end of the movie. Yeah. So, or you have like super bad where like Seth and Evan, they're coming towards each other on the first day on the on the first not the first day the last day of school <laughs> they depend they're dependent on each other and then they leave you know jonah hill's going down that escalator and they're they're separating they're ready to go on their separate paths as they embark on college that's really true that's a great point it makes me tear up <laughs> yeah it's just do, do you want to you want to give another example no no i think you we think, covered is that it. good okay uh, so for Otis Redding, looking at late registration, you have heard him say, starting with this sample of someone that I used to love. And the lyrics, if you recall, are when I wake up each morning trying to find myself, and if I'm ever the least unsure, I always remind myself that you're someone in this world that I'll always choose to love. From now on, you're only someone that I used to love. And it's kind of this sense of closure with a relationship that has passed and ended uh but then when you get to celebration you have the heavenly dream the cages uh saying i woke up this morning with peaceful visions of you although i know you're gone your spirit's here with me so at the beginning of the album and then on the penultimate song on the album you have samples that talk about waking up each morning and how you're feeling which just feels very the biggest coincidence of all time <laughs> or very specifically picked out for that reason. Mm -hmm. And here I have peaceful visions of you. Although I know you're gone, your spirit's here with me for our love was such an event. I know that it had to be heaven sent. 
I'd like to see you once again to hold you in my arms. So on the one end, you have somebody that's okay with the relationship having passed by. And then at the end, you either have that same person now wanting to hold the person in their arms so they're no longer as okay with the relationship ended, or it's on that flipped perspective of they're still longing for the relationship even though the other person is fine with it having passed by. But you at least have that tension between the two, like wanting to return to something that leads into then the last sample we get on the album, which is It's Too Late by Otis Redding. Wished I had told her she was my only one, but it's too late, it's too late, she's gone. It's too late, she's gone now, I know she's gone now, it's too late. I need her loving more than anyone, but it's too late. Um, so yeah, you really get the sense that it's too late. <laughs> yeah, and the most interesting part of this is when I hear those samples, when we talk about it, I've heard them say in celebration, I, I think almost always when I think of a, a sample Connie's chosen for a song, He's really trying to express something about himself. So you can look at these samples he's chosen. You could look at the lyrics and you could see how he's talking about, you know, just knowing Kanye coming out of Kyle Shropout, like somebody who really wants fame to be a part of his life. Like he wants to go out and become a huge star and begin this phase of his life. And he's very welcoming to it. And you can look at the album and how he's gone through these like ups and downs of fame, like seeing how empty parts of fame are and then by the end he's like he's kind of longing for what he thought fame would be but it isn't like there's that element to it but now with it's too late being the sample for gone i'm kind of forced to go back and think like it might be flipped a little bit that the subject in each of those samples isn't necessarily kanye thinking about fame but fame thinking about kanye and kind of inviting him in almost like broke five broke, you know, like saying like, all right, kind of like you're ready to be a part of this, like, let's go. And what happens instead is Kanye, you know, going through those same motions, realizing all these things about fame that he doesn't like and losing touch of it. And you're seeing celebrity stardom uh, kind of romanticize what could have been with Kanye, but it's just really not for Kanye. Kanye's going a different direction which is what we get with Gone and what we get with It's Too Late. Like that's the energy uh, we can find on on that sample and on this song is that celebrity has lost Kanye. It's not necessarily that Kanye like lost celebrity. It's that like celebrity wasn't what it promised it would be to him and like he's ready to move on. Yeah, and that's the thing. When we talk about the sample and the relationship, whenever Kanye uses a, a relationship song like this, on other albums, it's almost always the position of Kanye commenting on fame, as you said, and that's why we would have taken it initially that way. But this album really does seem to maybe be positioning it, as you're saying, in the reverse component. And I mean, regardless if you want to buy into that or look at it as still Kanye talking about fame, there's still something going on with these samples to be picked in a way to show that there is tension in a relationship and that it's too late to make that relationship whole again. Mm -hmm. Whichever side of that Kanye is on, you can form a theory about, you can read into, but that's essentially the foundation is just something has been lost. Right. 
and that's reflected in just the lyrics and what we're seeing on this album this album has been so fraught with kanye looking at what fame gives and what fame takes and knowing that there's danger in fame which is why drive slow is this recurring motif but even drive slow has that duality right Mm -hmm. Uh, in the first verse kanye drives slow in terms of don't get ahead of yourself don't get in with these women that might take advantage of you like don't do things that might end up coming back to haunt you but in the second and third verses with paul wall and glc drive slow is like hey you don't want to miss these hoes right it's about like driving slow so you can indulge uh versus being cautious so you have that as like a huge part of the album like caution versus indulgence and the fact that we now have Kanye kind of stepping away from that like reading into the caution rather than the indulgence uh just kind of reinforces that idea that yeah maybe I don't want this and something has changed in the relationship but it's just cool to see that he reinforces that through the use of Mm -hmm. samples and the lyrics of the samples that's why we love him yeah, it's just next level. Next level. Uh oh. But it's too late. It's too late. You sweater, and I ain't talking about a cool J. You a big L, and I ain't talking about And then even when you get the, the intro to Gone, you get Otis writing saying, Wished I had told who was the only one. And in the actual song it's like i wish i had told her she was the only one right but there's purposeful kind of uh, manipulations that don't quite clarify the gender uh, as straight up as you would get in the original song and actually a couple years ago we posted about this yeah october 30th 2018 we posted about this on uh, twitter and stephen gilbert's who's a music and hip-hop linguistics uh, researcher and lecturer at the University of Groningen, Uh, also a Fulbright scholar at NYU and UCLA, uh, commented saying the sample still says she at the end. So Kanye says, but it's too late, it's too late, Uh, she's gone, which is the original sample. But as Steven says here, the sample still says she, it's just sloppily chopped in the middle of the phoneme the sh sound Mm -hmm. you can't simply delete the s in she as sh is a single phoneme 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 sure god words beyond me (laughs) you can tell when the sample is still isolated at the start but it says if we're talking about um i agree once the beat kicks in it does sound kind of ambiguous though and follows up with if we're talking phonetics he didn't change the phoneme if the song was called through the fire nobody would hear wire kanye's tricking the listener into hearing wire by effectively priming them he also does this on 30 hours the sample still says where the islands go but you hear 30 hours production does not equal perception and kanye knows this very well Uh, but in gone i don't think it's as clear as he doesn't prime the listener with the song title but i do think because the song is so much in the perspective of Kanye and about Kanye's disappearance. Even if you don't hear like he, you might still hear she by the intro the first time you listen to the song. Like 
once you've listened to it multiple times, it's kind of easy to start hearing he mm-hmm. and thinking of it as Kanye being gone. But just this idea that Kanye does mess with perception of words on similar on other songs does bring into question of him using this here to make it sound like he's gone rather than just she's gone, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and I think the biggest argument for what we're advocating is it, it, that that tweets talking about priming and the idea that well you, you're usually able to like read into the way he's sort of manipulated this or or altered your perception on it because of what you've been primed to hear when you hear it and i mean this album has done that if like you're looking at the album album narratively and you're thinking about the story and the journey connie's gone on like it makes sense that he's gone is what is said here um if you're not seeing seeing or hearing any of that story then i could i could see like not reading into this at all and just thinking like it's sloppily chopped but to me this is the reason it is sloppily chopped yeah (laughs) is to get that effect Yeah, yeah very much so i mean that just goes back to what we're talking about with like the duality of the sample and the samples right and who is disappearing is it fame for kanye or kanye to fame the fact that she's gone or he gone uh, could apply to either one. So just, again, glass half full, glass half empty. It's one of the techniques that Kanye does with giving you just that little bit of it's defined enough, but vague enough to have multiple meanings. Right. All right. So the lyrics. Finally. <laughs> A lot of episodes her. have ended by now, by the way. Yeah. So sorry, everyone. You sweater, and I ain't talking about a cool J. You a big L, and I ain't talking about cool J. See me at the airport, at least 20 Louis. Treat me like the prince, and it's my sweet brother, no Group is say I'm too choosy. Take him to the show and talk all through the movies. Said she want diamonds, I took her to Ruby Tuesdays. If we up at Fridays, I still have it my way. Gone. We strive at home. Gone. I ride on chrome. Y'all don't want no pride from me. What you rappers could get. Uh, you sweat her, and I ain't talking about a Kuji, which Kuji was a, a fancy brand of sweaters. So, <laughs> kind of definitely flexing his fashion knowledge here. And so, yeah, and you make her nervous, like, or you are nervous about her. There's just some kind of like nerve rackedness that's coming that's not cool, like a Kuji sweater, right? Which is then followed up with a parallel construction of you a big L, and I ain't talking about Cool J. So, like, again, Cool J's cool, like, Kooji is cool, but you're not cool. You a big L, you sweat about this girl, you cause her to sweat about you because you're an embarrassment. And you get that contrasting then Kanye coming in saying, see me at the airport? At least 20 Louis. <laughs> like, I got 20 Louis Vuitton bags with me at the airport. That's how I travel. I'm at the airport, you peasants you can't even go there to fly anywhere (laughs) and he follows that up with treat me like the prince and this my sweet brother numse which is not what you'd expect so uh eddie murphy references movie references uh coming to america where eddie murphy is the prince who like flies to new york city and goes undercover in new york learning about the american way of life uh before eventually becoming king uh of not america but (laughs) 
that would uh, be awesome hit, right his home african country but he's like you know i'm a king like that guy i'm a prince like that guy uh but then and this is my sweet brother numse is a reference to the eddie murphy movie the golden child which is not a comedy it's like a supernatural drama about a child that's like a god but a demon who is jeremy irons is that who it is yeah jeremy irons is trying to kill the child but somehow eddie murphy who's just like a guy like gets swept up into all of this and eddie murphy has to go get a dagger that is the one thing that can kill the golden child that uh numse who's the demon puts him up to do in order to get the child to be free so it's some exchange but they meet at the airport and numse's like give me my dagger if you don't these cops are gonna arrest you this guy stole from me and eddie murphy's just like oh sweet brother numse like and really turns it around on him you know outsmarts the demon so i guess you just uh have him referring to like the prince versus the demon and maybe like the you that's a big l is the demon or he's just wanting to reference the movie because that scene takes place at the airport so just some like really involved eddie murphy reference lines (laughs) and corrections department really quick it's not jeremy irons it is charles dance what really yeah star of alien 3 wait really (laughs) well according to google i don't know how much stake you put in there uh information on this but i trust him yeah so he looks like okay there's like three actors that all look yeah just like that so he ended up being uh what's his face in tywin lannister in game of thrones oh yeah yeah yeah. that makes sense okay but he's very striking yeah he definitely has like an aura yeah okay man sorry jeremy irons and jeremy (laughs) irons fans you're so good that you you could have been Noobsay. You could have. And that's not even who I was thinking of. Like, I was picturing somebody completely different <laughs> as I was saying Jeremy Irons. Who's the bad guy in uh, Die Hard? Oh, Alan Rickman? That's who I was thinking. I was thinking oh, Alan wow. Rickman. I, I wouldn't have guessed that, but okay. Severus Snape? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's who I was thinking was Noobsay. Wow. Yeah. Again, anyway, I, I but, would pay money to see that, too. And if you want to go like way far into it, uh, the fact that this album has kind of explored Kanye like doing the right thing, but also like indulging, you also have that like, you know, the devil on the shoulder kind of thing where Mm -hmm. Kanye viewing himself as a prince, but also having this like demon that's with him uh, kind of feels fitting as well. It's it's also a very common technique for Kanye. Like I'm, I'm thinking of Jesus and how he talks about like Martin Lawrence's character, Jerome and Martin, he talks about uh, the, you know, Charlie Murphy stories on the Chappelle show. Like the way he uses these black cultural figures, these pop cultural figures as like elements of his personality or like people who are tempting him to do things. Like it's, it's just so cool that that's a common motif in Kanye's work. Yeah. You could write a, a whole thesis like academic thesis on just that yeah it, it, and 
in just pop culture references in general like they always mean so much more than just like a they're not just always a joke like there's always something to them right it's a punchline with a punchline there you go <laughs> uh groupies say i'm too choosy which <laughs> funny <laughs> uh take him to the show which that's actually gonna be it's a little uh wink wink nudge nudge there with take him to the show as the show by dougie fresh and the get fresh crew gets referenced later on but take him to the show and talk all through the movies so yeah he's like not even just like sleeping with the groupies right away he's taking them to the show talking through the movies with them which is pretty funny say she want diamonds i took her to ruby tuesdays which you now have that parallel construction coming back to the start of the line, right? Like you sweater, I ain't talking about a Kuji, she want diamonds. So she wants the cool thing now, right? But Kanye's taking her to Ruby Tuesdays, which is just like not that great of a restaurant. Yeah, they're they're pretty low tier, I would say, and like the the Applebee's spectrum like those kinds of restaurants. Yeah. So before Kanye's the one bragging about like I'm at the airport with all the Louis, like you a big L, like you're not cool, but now he's the one taking this girl to Ruby Tuesdays, which like maybe that's all that he thinks a groupie like deserves, but it also makes me think to like skip for and like uh sticking to his roots, you know? Like oh, I'm totally. sure Kanye he talked about like splitting the bucket with his girl at KFC, like back in the day. Um and what is it on thirty hours, like they're not staying at the one hotel. They're staying at like the double tree, the double tree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just like I took it to Ruby Tuesdays. If we up in Fridays, which is another like Applebee's level restaurant, TGI Fridays. Yeah. I still have it my way gone, which is Burger King. Like he's using the Burger King slogan there. So yeah. it's just really like in terms of what we do fascinating to see Kanye go from like the highbrow bragging at the start about like mm -hmm. brands and LL Cool J and all of that to descending to this point where like the girl wants diamonds which seems to be what Kanye would like promise but he's taking you to Ruby Tuesdays and Fridays and like indulging in Burger King there's a yeah. little uh I don't know there's some kind of juxtaposition there attention there yeah, it totally fits with the energy of the song and how Kanye's not being who they want him to be. Like, he still wants to get the girls, but if it means giving them diamonds and being the celebrity they want him to dance around and act like, like, he's not going to do it. Like, he's, like you said, he's sticking to his roots and shit. If he wants to eat at Ruby Tuesdays or TGA Fridays or Burger King, like, so be it. That's what he's going to do. Yeah. Right. And it feels a little like removing yourself from the situation. Like she wants diamonds and everything that diamonds represents. And Kanye just wants to like eat where he wants to eat and like not go to the fancy places and not do that thing. So he's already starting to disassociate a little bit from that lifestyle. And I also yeah. like talk all through the movies where he's just like, yeah, I'm going to talk if I want to talk. Like you're not supposed to talk, but I'm going to talk. It's it's such a great moment because like it really does feel like Kanye being Kanye like he, that that whole middle section of the album where he feels pressured to be a certain way and looks around and is so pissed everyone around him is like not making the best music they possibly can and trying to control him 
this is him completely removed from all of that. Yep. Yep. And you end with gone, which almost feels like a a rallying cry, right? Or like a Yeah. Like gone. You're like, yeah, see, I don't care and I'm just doing things that I wanted to. <laughs> and you get Cameron with the hook coming through with gone, we striving home, gone, I ride on chrome, it's too late. And the two big things that really stand out to me, like we striving home when so much of this album has had that tension between where Kanye's come from and where he's going. Like heard him say gets into it. Touch the sky gets into it. Drive slow gets into it. Roses gets into it. Bring me down gets into it. Diamonds from Sierra Leone. We major. Hey mama. <laughs> like, there's all this tension between past and present so like we striving home and even skip four with Kanye saying I'm trying to I'm trying to stick to my roots like we striving home but I ride on chrome which drive slow is about like getting this car and like building the car up and what's it mean to have a car and in hey mama he's talking about getting his mom these fancy cars like the car represents so much and having not just a car but like a car with chrome oh man (laughs) that's next level so it's like just right there you're getting that dichotomy or duality that's key to the album of like sticking to your roots but also riding on chrome yeah it it also reminds me i've heard him say and you know how these kids who are kind of looking at the world and seeing the oppressed state they're in and they think like man the only way i'm going to get out of this is if i make money and I have jewelry and I, you know, I get a big, nice, fancy car and here Kanye, again, sticking to his roots. Like he, he does have that energy. Like he's proud to ride on Chrome. He's, he's, he's proudly going home on in that car, but he's also doing it by rejecting this thing that he used to romanticize as a kid. This idea that like, well, you have to be famous if you really want to break out of this situation, if you really want to show people like, what they could do with their lives like here he's kind of rejecting that he's pairing i ride on chrome with gone he's like i'm not going to be part of this i'm going to show that like you can empower yourself and don't need this industry to define you Y'all don't want no pride from me. What you rappers could get is a job for me. Maybe you could be my intern. An intern, I'll show you how I cook up summer in the winter. Aaron love the raw dog, when will he learn? Caught something on the usher till he had to let it burn. Plus he already got the return. Arguing over babysitters like, bitch, it's your turn. Damn, yeah, it'd be stupid to ditch you. Even your superficial raps. You get him saying, y'all don't want no prob from me. Like, none of you rappers want to no one wants anything to do with me that's a a problem but what you rappers could get is a job from me so kind of in that like bring me down lane of things of looking at the industry talking to his peers same thing with diamonds from sierra leone and we major that are both like very industry focused and industry heavy at times it's just like yeah don't fight with me you can get a job for me because i'm going to be this leader um maybe you could be my intern (laughs) which I don't know if that counts as a job, but and in turn, I'll show you how I cook up summer in the winter, which, uh, you know, can go back to a lot of things in the winter when times are cold, I'm getting summer cooked up because I bring like the heat. 
I mean, you could even go back to language from crack music, right? The idea of cooking up uh, and the symbolism or the the comparison between making drugs and selling drugs to making music and selling music. And you could go down the one path if you want to find success, but it comes with all these pitfalls. Or you can go down the other path that doesn't have the same legal pitfalls, uh, but as we see, might still have some some blowback <laughs> or mm-hmm. some negativity in it. But I think you can make a case to this line kind of being a clever callback to crack music in that way. But just kind of Kanye showing that he uh, can change the seasons or using that metaphor to make what he does feel even bigger or more dynamic. Yeah, it's just that's mostly how I read it. It's pure ego. Like, who cares if it's winter? I'm going to cook up summer. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then he goes into this little micro narrative about Aaron. He says, Aaron loved the raw dog. When will he learn? Caught something on the Usher tour. He had to let it burn. Uh, which there's speculation that this is about this guy, uh, Aaron, who is a drummer for Usher. And in this period, that 2004 to 2005 time, Kanye was on tour with Usher. It was John Legend, Kanye, and Usher. Um, so that would kind of line up that Kanye was just on tour with this guy. It was like, <laughs> yep, this is a consequence. And it seems a little ridiculous to go from like what he was just talking about to why put this in here. But when you're looking at the industry and the lifestyle and what fame can do to you. This is just one of these little moments that shows like, yeah, Aaron was on tour being a musician and like living the lifestyle and he got an STD and plus he already has three kids and he's arguing over babysitters like bitch, it's your turn, which might be him talking to his like one of his like baby mamas or an Mm -hmm. ex just saying like, it's your turn to watch the kids. It's not my turn. But what you're just seeing in these four lines is just the fallout from this guy living this lifestyle, which kind of gets back to gold digger Molly's lines. Not yeah, gold digger <laughs> and drive slow where Molly's like, yeah, like don't rush to get with these hoes. Like right. Drive slow. Like Molly already has a kid in that song when he's still in high school. And Connie's like, Oh, he's having so much sex. Not like, Oh, he has this for 18 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, juxtaposition between what Ollie tells him and drive slow and a song like gold digger is represented here between verse one and verse two, which is again, what kind of why I group these verses together because yeah, Molly warns Kanye to not, you know, to drive slow. No, don't go into these hoes like so quick to gold digger. We're like, that's all you're doing. Like you got to get women. You're rich and famous now. Like how many women can I get? And gold digger represents like what can happen to somebody if you, indulge like that um and that's exactly what we're seeing here between verse one and verse two like verse one kanye is like taking molly's advice like he's rejecting this idea of, like i'm not gonna buy these girls a bunch of diamonds like i'm just gonna go to ruby tuesdays and he's pitting that against this guy in the usher tour who's now got three kids and his life's in turmoil and he can't just enjoy being a celebrity yeah poor aaron <laughs> whoever you are aaron This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
over babysitters like, bitch, it's your turn. Damn, yeah, it be stupid to diss you. Even your superficial raps is super official. Rock pastel with Gucci on. With TVs in the ride, throw a movie on. Said he couldn't rap, now he at the top with Doobie Long. Cause I dookie on any song that they do me on. Gone. We strive at home. I ride And then you get the quote, damn, yay, it would be stupid to diss you. Even your superficial raps is super official, <laughs> which I don't know if that's a reaction to him talking about like Aaron. It's just like, yeah, the raps that you have that seem like they're just like jokes or superficial are actually like really good and really deep. Like, yeah, I shouldn't mess with you. It's a uh, it's a great moment where Connie like he's being meta like it, it feels like one of those moments where Connie's like in the studio and like this is a line that comes to the top of his head and it's all kind of happening in the moment and and I think it fits into the general um aesthetic of the song that he is putting on a show that like this is the final number like the outro of the album and and as we'll talk about later like he, he even interpolates the show like another song called the show where they're actually putting on a show that's all part of this and it's and it's kind of just kanye's i guess in that way it's kind of like last call in a lot of ways like it's it's almost like a mantra about this stage of kanye's life (laughs) it's celebrating but celebrating the fact that like (laughs) fuck you yeah exactly (laughs) and we go into uh rock pastel with gucci on so you get like rock being like you know you rock this clothing item uh kind of verb but also we know that he rocks rockefeller so it might be a little bit of a call out between the rock and pastel pastel was going to be kanye's first fashion line that he was even building up now in 2005 but i think it was supposed to debut like 2007 Mm-hmm. But he had a lot of people working on it. Like Pharrell, I believe, was part of it. There's this whole great complex article, uh, which might be the one great complex article about <laughs> uh, the history of pastel that came out a few years ago. Definitely worth the read. But it shows how many people were involved, how much time and money Kanye put into it, and just completely fell away. Mm-hmm. But that's what Kanye's talking about here. So putting his brand in uh, a line with Gucci, just trying to elevate what pastel was and putting it on that same level. I wear pastel with Gucci. Uh, With TVs in the ride, you may recall Drive Slow. He talked about having (laughs) more TVs in his car than in his crib and GLC being like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Throw a movie on, which uh, probably uh, Eddie Murphy movie. Sure. Baby the Golden Child. Yeah. Said he couldn't rap. Now he at the top with Doobie Long, which uh, there's a little bit of contention over that last line. Is it like now he at the top where dude belong or where he belong kind of thing? Or now he at the top with Doobie Long, which Doobie referring to the Doobie Brothers having a song called Long Train Running. Uh huh. Without love, where would you be now? Without love, 
I know the it well. The one thing, yeah, I don't. But <laughs> I used to get so pissed every time my dad played the Doobie Brothers. Now I like them. <laughs> I uh, used to feel the same way about Elvis, and now yeah. I just don't care. <laughs> Who gives a shit? But, Everyone's just trying their hardest to make music out here. Why do you have to hate anything? Right. Don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. Unless it's uh, that one musician, you know? Oh, you know God. He or she is the worst. <laughs> but the line in the next in the next line, you have the word, because I dookied on any song. And I feel like you don't get to the word dookied unless <laughs> you're using the word doobie. <laughs> right. Like, if it was just where do belong you could have or where he belong you can have any other things that rhyme with that or go with the flow but if you're using doobie one of the first words that come into your head as a rhyme is like doogie so (laughs) of course uh i do think probably the doobie line makes sense and long train running the lyrics are down around the corner half a mile from here you see the long trains running and you watch them disappear Without love, where would you be now? Without love. You know, I saw Miss Lucy down along the tracks. She lost her home and her family, and she won't be coming back. Without love, where would you be right now without love? Well, the Illinois Central and the Southern Central Freight got to keep on pushing, Mama, because you know they run in late. Um, and it just kind of keeps going. Like, where would you be without love? Uh, got to get to you, baby, baby. Won't you move it down? Won't you move it down? When the big train run, when the train is moving on, I got to keep moving on. Keep on moving. Won't you keep on moving? So the fact that we've talked about the relationship dynamics on the samples leading up to this song and then the Otis Redding sample being like, it's too late, like she's gone. And you have this song that's talking about like trains running and disappearing. Through Illinois. And people leaving yeah, through Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> and saying like, without love, where would you be now? when both of those samples are about or all three of those samples are about love and like missing the love someone's giving you ah it just feels very fitting yeah and kanye's i mean this is this would be the first time we've seen him allude to or use as a sample like a classic rock song even on this album like we've theorized that he was talking about um shine on you crazy diamond by pink floyd on Diamonds of Sierra yep. Leone, like Kanye's just somebody who appreciates all kinds of music and especially conceptual music. I mean, I don't know how conceptual the Doobie Brothers albums were. I would guess not very, but like I could imagine Kanye liking the Doobie Brothers. That that doesn't seem that strange to me at all. No, the fact that it's like a 1973 song, like Kanye really does seem to pull a lot of mm-hmm. samples from the 60s 70s 80s kind of thing Hmm. Uh, so now at the top with doobie long which would also just be like the idea of this train disappearing just feels very uh prophetic for where Mm -hmm. gone will go and then because i dookied on any song that they threw me on (laughs) like (laughs) and i guess this idea like you shit on any song like he's the shit like he's like Doing the, that's why he made it to the top because he's the shit and like they said he couldn't rap because he was shitting on the song like using it in a good way and he's not the first and it actually the same way that he kind of foreshadowed the show which he'll sample later on or interpolate later on he also interpolates uh 1999 or 1999 
by Common featuring Talib Kweli and Sadat X. And Common has a line in there that says, shitting on so many rappers, it's like I'm in the stall with them. <laughs> and I don't think that's the first time I've heard Common use like, like poop as a <laughs> braggadocio. <laughs> oh, he did it several times. Uh, yeah, I feel like, did he, he might have, he's done it before. Oh my God, Siri's trying to talk to me. Oh. Um, Is it going to pull up every comment song where he's talked about shitting on people? If Siri could do that, <laughs> I would pay Apple more money. <laughs> but we at least get Kanye, I think, making a reference just to Common there with that kind of line. Yeah, hopefully. And this is his like uh, interpolation of Common. You ever dealt with a dealer? Well, here's the deal. Ma, we going to the dealer. Boop, boop. No concealing, no ceiling. I don't need a roof. roof. Act up, get out. I don't need you. Poof, poof. Be going damn tough luck, dag, dag. dag. Niggas still doing puff, puff, pass. Pull the truck up fast and I tell them. Then we get Cameron, which, uh, knock, knock, Travis. <laughs> knock, knock, it's verse three. <laughs> who's there kill a cam kill a who kill a cam he's a hustler a grinder a gorilla troop and uh he's gone on his chinchilla blue blue uh which is just his chinchilla fur coats i'm guessing mm-hmm. and then you ever dealt with a dealer well here's the deal <laughs> we go into the dealer which kind of gets back to heard him say crack music just this idea that you either work a minimum wage job struggling to get by or you get into drugs and kind of elevate or you get into music and elevate without the criminal concerns but here cam is you ever dealt with a dealer well we get to go to the dealer and we get a car like a car dealer so it's coming back to cars once again and just getting to luxuriate in the fact that like you're getting a a convertible i don't need a roof but then he kicks the girl out right away. Act up, get out, I don't need you, poof. Which <laughs> Gone. Gone. Yeah, poof, be gone, damn, tough luck, dag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so nice little micro-narrative there that kind of ties into some of the main things we've seen on the album, which I don't know if Cameron's aware of that or it's just happy circumstance or coincidence, but very fitting. And then we get guys still doing puff, puff, pass. Which I feel like that was in We Major. Really does just like, hey, pass. Pull the truck up fast and I tell him, hey, back in the touched up Jag shit. So we get more vehicles playing a big role. Y'all guys want to get in Cam Cerebellum, an old man just going to tell him too late. (laughs) So people are trying to figure out 
or get in my head. They want to know me. They want to figure out what I'm doing. And he's referring to the fact that Otis Redding is the sample on the song saying it's too late. Mm-hmm. Like, no, nah, it's too late to figure out what's going on in my head. Then I see how you're all going to react when I'm gone. So when I'm dead, when I'm out of the industry, when I'm just like off doing my thing, I'll see how you all react. My last girl want me back. Then I'm on. Fine, stay. You got the grind. Hey, it just reminds me of the samples. My last girl wanted me back. Uh, came back, read what the signs say. He's gone. <laughs> what a sign. Uh, <laughs> yes, I know you want to see my demise. Yeah, you church boy acting like a thief in disguise, which is a shot at Mace. As Cameron and Mace were kind of going at it, and Mace had stepped away from hip hop to become a pastor. Um, he's just saying, you thief in disguise. Eight even my size, see the greed in my eyes, ask Abby, which was a Chicago columnist. Mm-hmm. I hustle, brought, bought, brought weed to the shy, and that even a lie, please believe me, gave Wheezy a piece of the pie, uh, which could be Little Wayne, could also be a reference to a character in the Jeffersons. Um or both, like referring to Wheezy, but making it clever by bringing right. in the reference to the Jeffersons. Uh, and you can ask George and Regina, which are Jefferson's characters, the whole West Side I explore with the Bimmer now. Beamer. Or Beamer now. Yeah, it's written as Bimmer, but... <laughs> but he says Beamer. Beamer. Yeah, Regina. You don't see Bimmer with Regina. You say Bimmer. <laughs> <laughs> um but like West Side of Chicago is nicer than the South Side of Chicago generally, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, not only Cameron like going, you can see where he's going. He's like going up to the West Side, uh, as opposed to like the areas and locations Kanye was talking about earlier on the album, or even where like Cameron probably was or Cam was probably used to. Um, <clears throat> and coming from so you're getting that idea that he's he's gone in multiple ways through this verse whether it's in relationships whether it's in like life whether it's just in his availability to other artists or people wanting to know about him to just even his roots and location yeah and it and and just generally this entire verse like the ego the the self-assuredness like the fact that he's part of Kanye's crew, like that all seems to capture to me where Kanye is going to moving forward from this album, where, where the narrative has taken Kanye. Like this fits into that. Like this guy is part of Kanye's crew. He represents like, you know, <clears throat> this mix of a sticking to your roots, but also be like expressing yourself and being proud of what you've earned and like what you can buy and like who you've become. It, it, it all fits in so well and and on top of that it's just like the verse is well done like it 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 really fits into the energy of the song and the tempo it it's just it just works so well and you have that like came back read what the signs say he's gone really feels again maybe kanye's fifth verse he are already heard maybe kanye heard that and was like nah i'm gonna use that but that's essentially where we end the song with, right? Like Kanye has the song or not the sign, but he has somebody saying like, sorry, Mr. West is gone. Mm -hmm. So it's just this idea that like you're closing up shop. Yeah. That, uh, the verse just has a lot of, uh, foreshadowing. Yeah. It definitely has that energy. Like 
it is the closing song. Like it's literally kind of closing the door on this part of his life. Mm. Man, just has me shaking my head thinking about where we go from here. I know, right? Uh, so we get, we strive in home, I ride in chrome, listen homeboy, move on. Which that's kind of a big difference, right? <laughs> like it goes from like we strive in home to like move on. That's your best bet. Why is that cons? Yeah. And then that's... consequence coming in. Yep. Well, I was just say just on top of like it feeling like the finality of the song of Kanye like moving on from this pressure to be a certain way or this lifestyle. It's also such an antagonistic song. Like it really is. And I think maybe you don't get that energy from it just from the production and like the samples being used. Like it kind of has a, it's very much a, a pop song in a lot of ways and like the strings and everything. It, it, it doesn't seem to me to feel like an antagonistic song, but like when you read the lyrics and you, think about the way they're talking to people and talking to these girls who are expecting all these things from them. Like they just seem so fed up with all of it, you know, very fed up. <laughs> Listen, homeboy, move on. Like it's, it's less like, like, Hey, like, I don't think this is working out to like, Hey, like j let's stop doing this. Like this isn't working. Yeah. And the fact that it's like Cameron offering advice and saying like consequences, yeah, like tell them, like whether that's like yeah. tell Kanye or tell the listener or tell like whatever rapper like whoever but it's just like we have multiple reasons why we're telling you to do this yeah we strive at home i ride on chrome this homeboy move on that's your best bet why is that cause yeah I've been pouring out some liquor for the fact that my pal's gone And trying to help his mama with the fact that her child's gone And since we used to bubble like a tub full of cow gone Guess it's only right that I should help her from now on But since they got a foul on, what could have gone wrong? Now they ask the cons, how long has this gone on? And maybe all this money might have gone to my head Cause it got me thinking money might have gone to the feds So I ain't going to the dread, but he ain't going up the bed And when I came the next morning, he was gone my bread And with that being said, I had gone my instincts and gone so the consequence, I've been pouring out some liquor for the fact that my pal is gone, which classic pour one out, uh, and trying to help his mama with the fact that her child gone. Good guy consequence. And since we used to bubble like a tub full of Calgon, which the genius annotation for this is like horribly frustrating. <laughs> um, it says a bubble is a close friendship to bubble is to hang out with a close friend. When Consequence says they used to bubble, he's referring to hanging out with his close friend who is now deceased. I want to punch, like, no offense to whoever wrote that, but I want to, like, uh. punch myself <laughs> in the face after reading that. Um, they do make the opening annotation that, like, Calgon makes bathing products, and their slogan was, Calgon, take me away, and it shows a woman in a bubble bath. But, like, clearly, I think clearly we're talking about, like, a bomb. Getting high, man. Yeah, and smoking a bong and the fact that, like, the water in the bong bubbles. And it's just, yeah. like, so it's used to bubble like a tub full of Calgon. Like, the bong looked like it was a bubble bath because we're just hitting that thing yeah. so much. Um, but no, that's not anywhere there. Guess it's only right that I should help her from now on. So we were close, we were friends, I should help his mom now that he's gone. But since they got a foul of what could have gone wrong... Now they ask in cons, how long has this gone on? So now there's the twist. Like instead of it just being like consequences, the good friend taking care, there's now a little bit of uh, 
tension in the air. Yeah. And maybe all this money might have gone to my head, which is probably like the key line <laughs> for this whole thing, like in terms of the theme and the how this verse fits onto the song. But the idea that money has gone to his head. And he goes on to explain, because they got me thinking money might have gone to the feds, which might mean that he's going to be in trouble, like he's going to get arrested, he's going to get got, or that's what got his friend in trouble or got his friend got. Um, but he's saying, like, I was thinking this, so I had gone to the dread, but he had gone up to bed, which I don't know if the dread, it sounds like it's a, a person. Like, I don't know if that's like a person with dreadlocks or just like a some slang for like a dealer or some kind of contact mm -hmm. or something. Well, I mean, but, we know it's in that vein based on where the lyrics go and how like there's some sort of altercation like with a person. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, so he had gone to the dread, but he had gone up to bed. And when I came the next morning, he was gone with my bread. So whoever he had gone to see, like just scammed him and ran off with either consequences money or his uh supply and when i came the next morning he was gone my bread and with that being said i had gone my instincts and going to the spots where they go to get mixed brains but looking back now i should have gone to the crib and really going with the wind because i'd have gone to my tent but i had gone my friend and we had gone to the bar and heard a nigga talking shit so i ain't gone to the car and now the judge is telling me that i had gone too far and i'll be gone for 20 years doing time behind bars and since i've gone to a cell for some petty crimes i guess i've gone to the well one too many times because i'm gone And with that being said, I gone on my instincts and gone to the spots where they go to get mixed drinks. So he's going to all the local bars and clubs trying to find like where this where this dick ran off to. Uh, but looking back now, I should have gone to the crib and rented Gone with the Wind because <laughs> I'd have gone in by 10. That's an incredible like, line. Yeah, because Gone with the Wind is such like a long ass movie. Is it like four hours? It's really long, so I don't know if he'd be in bed by 10. That's that's ambitious. Yeah, but definitely would have put him to sleep. <laughs> oh, I guess that could be the joke is he'd fall asleep in the middle of it because it's so boring. I think that's what he, yeah. It's uh, just like rent a gone with the wind and like I would fall asleep in the middle of watching that shit. Oh, wow. Now I really like the line. And then I never would have gotten into trouble. But instead... I had gone with my friend and we had gone to the bar and heard a guy talking shit. So I had gone to the car. The implication being that he went to the car to get like a gun or a weapon to go mm -hmm. confront the guy that was talking shit. And after that confrontation we get, and now the judge is telling me that I had gone too far, which yeah, consequence, there are consequences. <laughs> and now we gone for 20 years doing time behind bars, which, uh, the we is interesting so it's like he's also in jail so he's like trying to comfort his friend's mom from jail even though he's in jail with her son or did his did his friend die while in jail and he's gonna try to comfort her anyway we're getting the twist that like consequence is a little bit more responsible for what happened than what he initially mm -hmm. led on um, and since I'd gone to a cell for some petty crimes, I guess I'd gone to the well one too many times because I'm gone. So consequence didn't get out of the lifestyle and it resulted with him getting put in a cell and him just 
like getting gone in a different way. So that's not good. Yeah. And I mean, what I really like about this verse is what it represents. Like it, it makes me think of another song that consequence is gone spaceship and how there are all these stories they have about working these sort of dead end jobs of low pay. And it's just represent really what all of their verses are about. That's honor this representation of like where they are and like what they'd like to break out of. It's like this motivation to go beyond something that you're stuck with. And that's kind of what I get out of his verse and gone. Like it's, you hear this whole story, which out of context might seem really random to be part of gone. But I think again, it just represents like this mentality. Kanye's been building the whole time. And now where he's out in the album where like he's, rejecting being part of this group and he no longer wants to deal with like the consequences that come with fame here consequences talking about the situation he's stuck in and it's like it's turned his life upside down and he has to think about like his friend that he's put in jail or or his friend that's been lost and explain it to his mom like it's all this stuff culminating that is the result of him like succumbing to the situation to feeling pressure to be a certain kind of person instead of just like letting it go that he lost this money he, he decided to go down this path and because of that his life's completely upturned and, and we see Kanye doing the opposite opposite of that with gone moving forward yeah but not well not really the rest though. of his life you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> he wants to but he doesn't yeah it's kind of like with college dropout like he's just envisioning being famous before being famous and basking in it and here he's like envisioning being gone without being gone So then we have Kanye doing the the what's described as the break, the uh 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 uh, uh, uh kind of thing that he yeah, does. Yeah, you get a long like musical uh, interlude too. Yeah, and that ends up being a interpolation of the show from Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh Crew, which is you know Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick, and you have this like big intro between them where it's like ladies and gentlemen the most exciting stage show you've ever witnessed appearing live dougie fresh and the get fresh crew oh my god excuse me dougie fresh yes have you ever seen a show with fellas on the mic with one minute rhymes that don't come out right they bite they never write and it feels like you're just getting a little bit of behind the scenes before the show starts 
and then the rest of the song is kind of the the show and performance you do get uh one last verse before excuse me dougie fresh you're on and then doug goes off and then slick rick goes off with his verse and the song kind of ends but i feel like that's exactly what kanye's kind of channeling is that all of this was kind of the intro and now this is showing that like this is the interlude before the show actually happens and Kanye is just like setting up his fifth verse as the main event, as the show, and channeling that uh, Doug and Rick energy. Fuck yeah, he is. And he ends up referring to at least Slick Rick. I feel like we've talked about Dougie Fresh samples before, but we know that he's refer like had Slick Rick interpolations like two or three times yeah. over his discography. So. Here's another one. And yeah, this really is the main event, right? Like people still talk about this as like the greatest Kanye verse of all time. It yes, and we'll get into the lyrics of like why it's so good, but also just like just his energy, his flow, the way he's like reacting to the strings. Like there's no like uh there's no steady beat beneath him this entire verse, this entire outro, like it's very experimental with the production and the way he navigates it, it's just it's just fucking gorgeous mm. yeah people said that this was i saw one comment that was saying that this was like the start of kanye's like angry rapping and it made me think like is that true hmm. and was this kind of a, a sign of things to come when we get to like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy or yeezus like a little bit of a an yeah. edgier Kanye that we hadn't heard. And that seems to track. I'd have to do like more of a actual song by song look, but just off the top of my head, like, yes. Yeah. I think I would agree with that. It, especially my beautiful, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Like I definitely get those kinds of vibes from this. Yeah. You just think to like where Kanye was at, like early in his career and his rapping ability. And there is something very like earnest that you wouldn't expect that same guy to be making monster right right, right. but this is a transition point I'm ahead of my time, sometimes years out So the powers that be won't let me get my ideas out And that make me want to get my advance out And move to Oklahoma and just live in my aunt's house Yeah, I romance the thought of leaving it all behind Kanye, step away from the lime Light, like when I was on the grind in the one Nine, nine, nine Before model chicks was bending over I'm ahead of my time, sometimes years out Which, yeah, that line's... <laughs> sounds familiar yeah held up uh so the powers that be won't let me get my ideas out which kind of gets back to the idea of monolithic thoughts gets back to new slaves mm -hmm. uh gets back to was it nah 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 sure or one of the recent like 2020 kanye songs just <laughs> talking about like you know they scared of us right um and the power that we have and the power of the people so Connie's been on that grind for a while too but yeah feeling stifled because he's ahead of his time and that make me want to get my advance out and move to Oklahoma and just live at my aunt's house so the fact that he's so limited by the fact that he's ahead of his time with his thinking just makes him want to take all of his money and move to Oklahoma and live at his aunt's house which is the world famous Tony Williams mom 
in case you were curious. Yeah, um, I believe <laughs> she's part of the Ati team as well. I do think you are right. So, yeah, Kanye in Oklahoma would be... I mean, that seemed funny there, right? But now he lives in Wyoming. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was ahead of his time, <laughs> even in referring to where he was going to go live. Um, and I romance the thought of leaving it all behind. And romance is kind of a key line there, right? Like, he thinks about it, he dreams about it, but will he ever do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye, step away from the lime lights like when i was on the grind so just stepping away from the limelight this is kind of the introduction of like the limelight as an antagonist uh crossing the limelight comes in on monster and we also get the limelight lines on blood on the leaves yeah so hmm. uh and i'm guessing it's one of all of the lights as well oh it's one of those lights yeah probably a flashing light as well (laughs) not one of the street lights no, no. Imagine a lime streetlight. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> uh, like when I was on the grind in 1999 or 1999. Yeah. So Kanye's just romancing the idea of going back to how things were before. In 1999, he was 22 years old, just before Jay-Z, before everyone else. And he was just back in Chicago, right? And how he says 199... 1999 is the reference to the common song 1999 and a lot of the lyrics that we're reading from like common and sadats didn't quite fit with or at least we didn't quite fit them with what Kanye was talking about necessarily on the song or on this album but one that did jump out was Talib Kweli Yo, just relax take it easy and quelly's intro is yo just relax take it easy slow down i had this i had this friend of mine who just you know he was moving too fast you know what i'm saying I told him to slow down. He said, the sun don't chill. I said, still, you gotta just appreciate life. Sit back. Don't let it fly right past you. No matter what go on, I'm still getting mine. No matter what the year, no matter the place, no matter the time. So just like slow down. You don't have to force things like I'm still getting mine. And that's going to be true like for the rest of time. And cautioning his friend, like just go that route rather than trying to get everything all at once that feels very much in line with drive slow and the advice that molly gives kanye and the fact that we have had so many drive slow references over the course of this album after that song and it just feels like pretty fitting uh to have that be kind of the thing that kanye is referring to and why he specifically shouts out 1999 um and talks and even about the, the thought of leaving it all behind, stepping away from the limelight, like all of these things he could, he probably wishes he could warn like younger Kanye about. Absolutely. Right. Like if he was now, it kind of feels like he's Molly 
yeah. like talking to Kanye. <laughs> yeah. And even after that line, you have before model chicks is bending over or dealerships ask me Benz or Rover. Like what was drive slow about like cars and women. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even if he doesn't explicitly call out drive slow here, you have the reference to one nine nine nine, which opens with Quelly talking about slowing down. And then you have model chicks and cars, which just all feels like it calls back to yeah. drive slow. Absolutely. Before model chicks was bending over, or dealerships asked me Benz Rover. Man, if I could just get one beat on Hover, we could get up off the sheep ass sofa. What the summer of the shy got to offer? A 18 year old sell drugs to get a job, you gotta play Euro. My dog worked the Taco Bell, hooked us up Pluro. Fired a week later, the manager count the churro. Sometimes I can't believe it when I look up in the mirror. Man, if I could just get one beat on Hova, and this does feel like touch the sky now too, mm-hmm. in terms of kind of like reflecting back on like the early days of his grind in his life. Um, so we are getting that little bit of coming full circle in terms of construction. Uh, we could get off this cheap ass sofa, which is funny because he's talking about like leaving it all behind, but then also thinking about like, oh yeah remember how awful that sofa was and like all i wanted to do was like get a beat on hova so we could get off of this sofa yeah that's Uh, kind of the awesome part of this verse but the song in general is those two images conflating like the idea that you reject being poor and broke and like having all of these undesirable things but you also romanticize those times because those are the times that made you who you were and like when he says cheap ass sofa, I almost wonder if he does mean it like kind of romantically. Like, ah, oh, remember back when we had that cheap ass sofa, like, and you had dreams of like making it. Like, it's the kind of attitude you can have when you have made it, and you can appreciate. Uh, you can now appreciate the things you have, and and appreciate having more than you ever thought you would have. Yeah, that's that's the the back to the half glass full, half glass empty aspect of this. Like, do you read that in the romanticizing tone, right? As he told us that he is romanticizing or do you read it in like, he's kind of coming to his senses, right? Like mm-hmm. what the summer of shy got to offer an 18 year old. Like, yeah. What did it have to offer me? Like my sofa did suck. <laughs> like which vibe do you get from these lines? Mm-hmm. And that kind of is the beauty of the open-endedness. Right. Hmm. Uh, sell drugs or get a job. That gets back to what we were talking about earlier with uh, Cameron and mm-hmm. and kind of consequences lines as well or verse as well. Uh, you got to play your role. Gets back into what we were talking about with monolithic thoughts and like you getting shoved into being one thing. And my dog worked at Taco Bell, which talking about like sticking to your roots, go back up to the start and you have like Ruby Tuesdays fridays a burger king reference and now we get how his friend worked at taco bell (laughs) so we can clearly tell that kanye like associates those Mm -hmm. kinds of chains with his old life yeah uh my dog worked at taco bell hooked us up plural fired a week later the manager count the churros (laughs) so hooked us up plural that means like we I guess I don't know exactly what that means, but like they got lots of shit from this Taco Bell for free. Yeah, I think that's like more than one 
like he either hooked us up more than one time or right. hooked us up with like more than one thing more than one churro and yeah and the manager counts that shit <laughs> Five a week later, the manager count the churro. Sometimes I can't believe it when I look up in the mirror. How we out in Europe, spinning euros. They claim you never know what you got till it's gone. I know I got it, I don't know what y'all own. I'ma open up a store for aspiring MCs. Won't sell them no dream, but the inspiration is free. But if they ever flip sides like Anakin, you will sell everything, including the mannequin. They got a new bitch, now you Jennifer Aniston. Hold on, I'll handle it. Don't start panicking, stay calm. Shorty's at the door, cause they need more inspiration for their life, they souls, and they songs. They said, sorry, Mr. West is gone. Uh, sometimes I can't believe it when I look up in the mirror. <laughs> Howie out in Europe, spending euros. So now there's a little bit of a shift, right? So he went from reminiscing to what it was back in the day to now kind of appreciating the fact that he's in Europe and spending euros and how he couldn't do that before right like he was like the guy who's a big l that like wasn't able to go to the airport right like and now Kanye's the one at the airport so they claim you never know what you got till it's gone which starts to feel like he's talking about like you know now that i thought about not having fame i appreciate fame <laughs> but he follows that up with i know i got it i don't know what y'all on like i know i got what i got like i know i got like greatness as well it's not just like what he has but i got it's like i have the it factor i i love that i love those two lines like especially they claim you don't know what you got till it's gone and thinking about what gone means like thematically and like to the rest of the album and how connie's at this stage where like he is ready to leave it behind like the assuredness there is what's so beautiful like he knows what will be gone if he if he rejects it and he's ready for it like he's realizing like what he was always really losing by going down this path was like his humbleness and like who he was growing up in chicago and like the importance of family like that kind of stuff is way more important to lose than like they claim you never know what you got till it's got like the the celebrity it doesn't matter he's ready to be done with it yep Except he didn't. Well, yeah, of course. But he was ready, but he didn't. Like, which makes it, that's like kind of the tragedy of this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you can you can see the potential happy ending here. Of He's aware of this, he knows what's more important, and he's going to focus on the important things. And, like, you hope for that. But then you see in the next album, like, nope, fame, fame nope. wins. Yep. Um... And part of that is that ego. I know I got it. I don't know what you're all on. I'm going to open up a store for aspiring MCs. So like that line pivots from being something that's like emotional and tied to all of his actual like past and relationships and where he comes from and family and all of that to then being about the industry and being about his place as a rapper. So you can read it based on what comes before or you can read it based on what comes after yeah amazing uh but the store for aspiring mcs not gonna sell them no dream but the inspiration is free uh so not gonna sell them anything he's just gonna like give them the inspiration that they need which feels very much in line again with like we major and diamonds from sierra leone and becoming a leader yeah in the industry but keeping a little bit of a distance 
but then saying, but if they ever flip sides like Anakin, you'll sell everything, including the mannequin. They got a new bitch, now you Jennifer Aniston. Hold on, I'll handle it. Don't start panicking. Stay calm. This has always been kind of weird, because when we first went over the song, we f- took this as like Kanye getting into referring to himself in the second person. Right. And kind of referring to future self. Like, so if people ever flip on Kanye like Anakin, Kanye will sell everything, including the mannequins, and Kanye's become Jennifer Aniston, and he's just going to vanish. But this time around, we're kind of reading it as like, this is what's going to happen to the aspiring MCs. Like, if they ever flip sides like Anakin, like the crowd, the people that support them, stop supporting them. Uh, then those MCs will sell everything and they become like Jennifer Aniston as like the fans have somebody else. You're essentially no longer the the hot ticket item of the moments because there's the next new artist that's going to come up and get big. The Angelina Jolie. Right. There's always that next one around the corner. Just like, you know, Drake came into the picture and completely changed the industry same with like j cole and kendrick were the next generation now there's going to be a whole new set of artists that are replacing like kendrick and drake and right j cole in terms of like the new upcoming people and kanye saying hold on i'll handle it don't start panicking stay calm right uh and he's telling them like i'll handle it but then shorty's at the door because they need more inspiration for their life they souls and they songs so it's like kanye helped them once but they keep coming to the door needing more support more inspiration more help but kanye's going to be gone so essentially he's just painting this idea that he's going to open the store for aspiring mcs but he's just going to have to keep solving all their problems for them and that's going to become too much and he's just going to vanish that's interesting I, because I, I think maybe if if that's really what he's saying, then it's a commentary on the industry and how the industry is just going to keep churning out these people who who fall prey to like the promise of music and like being the next big star and like sacrificing part of who you are to be, you know, that person that everyone will like, that superstar. And Kanye's saying like rejecting it. It's like, I'm not going to be a part of that system. Either you are like, part of what I'm building or like you can't even come to the door. I'm already gone. Right. Which is very uh, condemning, I guess, of like the system. And we do know that Kanye on this album, like touch the sky. He brings in uh, oh, loop Lupe. Yeah. Lupe loop. <laughs> uh, he brings in Lupe. Who's like at that point had it had, was it Lupe Fiasco? He was just like an underground artist. Mm-hmm. So Kanye gives like another Chicago kid a chance on Touch the Sky. We hear what he said about like Bring Him Down, where he's like in contention with the industry or like in conflict with the industry versus Diamonds from Sierra Leone that's talking about the the schism in Rockefeller uh, versus We Major, where Nas starts to talk about like building a new industry. So it felt like Kanye kind of had this change of heart where he wanted to try to be a leader like Jay-Z, where he wanted to be a leader like Nas, rather than just have Bring Me Down be what kind of defined him and his relationship with the industry. But you could read into this that he can see that future 
and it's not something that he's going to want to be a part of because people are just going to keep taking from him, wanting from him, asking from him. So the same way that like Cameron's like, people are trying to get in my head, but it's too late, I'm already gone. Kanye's also feeling that way. But then there's also that interpretation that it is Kanye referring to a future version of himself, realizing that one day people are going to be less interested in Kanye. He's going to do something controversial that makes him like Anakin, the Darth Vader of things. And just as people start like wanting more from him, he's going to be gone because they didn't appreciate him when he was there. Mm-hmm. And once again, that feels very prescient. Yeah, I, I feel like either way, kind of it fits with the album. It fits with like where Kanye, like what Kanye went through. It just kind of depends how you want to read um, who you and they refer to here. Yeah, it is a little not convoluted, but it's it's a little hard to tell. But like you said, like e- either way you you read it, it, it kind of works. Got, that's just such the most fascinating part of Kanye and why we have this podcast is like he his trajectory, like his his narrative and his personal life, like it makes so much more sense. It, it makes all of his older songs make more and more sense as time passes. Like you find all of these little pieces that have always been part of Kanye that are hidden in these songs and reveal themselves and and really paint a picture of like what kind of path he was on. Yeah, because until 2018, we might have missed the monolithic thought aspect of yeah. Broke by Broke. Like, we would have gotten into, like, something about not being part of the group and not fitting in, but it's like 2018 Kanye really puts it into context. And you're just like, okay, now we have a much better way of reading this song and getting at what he was probably intending and meaning and can juxtapose it against something. Totally, yeah. Well, what a journey. Tell you what, but is this the end of the journey? Oh, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) It says the last thought of late registration, but we're going to do kind of a wrap-up episode, right? Yeah, so you can look forward to us talking about the album, reactions to the album, some of our favorite uh, moments. Rank the songs? Rank the songs, absolutely. Ooh, this will be fun. Yes, so stay tuned for that, and then we'll be getting into our uh, graduation season. So depending on when you're listening to this, that episode, uh, the episodes might already be coming out or have come out. Uh, If you're listening to this not in the decade of the 2020s, (laughs) good on you, you know? Yeah, those those episodes are probably out already. (laughs) Yeah, probably, hopefully. Hopefully we've gotten to graduation in the nine years left in the 2020s. (laughs) though who knows the glory might take us nine years (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well that was fun that was a that was a fun journey rediscovering the college or well we did rediscover the college drop hop but now we're discovering the registration yes wouldn't want to be on it with anyone else Travis Mm, I could think of a couple people but you're number like three or four for sure I'll take it Uh, no, you're wavy. You wavy. <laughs> well, you're loopy, so that works. Yeah. Well, let, let's keep it wavy. Yeah. Uh, and Travis, you know, I know 
you want me to say something else mm-hmm. before we do the sign off, but I'm gone. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.